amen. Let's give the Lord praise this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. That's right. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and lift our voice with a shout of victory today. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Amen. While you continue to stand, we're getting ready to go into the Lord, word of the Lord in just a few moments. And uh, we're going to go before the Lord in prayer again in just a moment. But uh, certainly good to see everyone in the house of the Lord and so thankful for his presence. And uh, we're excited about what the Lord's doing. Amen. We had a wonderful week, a very busy week. We've had, we've had hundreds of people on our campus this week for our Christmas program, and it was, uh, it was fantastic. I want to say thank you to all of the cast and the crew and all the people that worked to make that happen. Kitchen help, everybody. Thank you so much. Can we give all of them a good hand? Amen. Amen. And just... So, so you know, um, Sister Frances Britt, her visitation will be here at the church at 1 o'clock today, and the funeral will be at 3 o'clock, and so please remember that. I know the family would appreciate uh, you keeping them in mind. Again, that's 1 o'clock visitation, 1 to 3, and then funeral at 3 o'clock. Amen. Brother Devin, our heart goes out to Brother Devin Coleman. His father passed away unexpectedly on Thursday. And so if you'll pray for Brother Devin and also Sister Wilma Allen's husband passed away uh, yesterday. And so we want to continue to pray for her. Amen. Amen. I want you to be, in, be mindful of our Christmas schedule. Um, Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday night is part three of our series, The Last message of our series on Is Christ in Christmas. We're going to talk about a truly Christian Christmas. And uh, tonight, tonight at 6.30, I'm preaching my Christmas message, uh, what I feel like the Lord's laid on our heart, on my heart for this service. Next Sunday morning, we have a 10 o'clock service. That'll be our only service on Christmas Eve. Brother John McDonald is going to be preaching. It's going to be great and looking forward to that. Amen. Wednesday the 27th, regular schedule, 7.15, and regular schedule on New Year's Eve. Amen. Amen. Go with me, if you will, to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 9. Hebrews, chapter number 9, and verse 27, and then to Psalms 149 and 5. While you're turning there, I will also, along with, with Brother Aaron, as he asked a little bit ago, ask you to pray for our, our team that's going into the prison on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be serving a meal and doing a Christmas program there. And uh, God's given us favor, and we, we are looking forward to that. Uh, got, a lot of, got a lot of cooking and stuff to do between then and between now and then. But, uh, and then everybody's wore out from the play. I'm going to ask you this afternoon, just before church, get you a big old glass of good old caffeinated cup of caffeinated coffee and drink it right about 5.30. By the time it kicks in, we'll be ready to roll for one more service. How's that sound? Amen. Now, I'm not going to do it because I won't sleep till Thursday if I drink coffee that night. Brother Wilson's not young, old enough to drink coffee yet. But uh, Hebrews 9.27, and as it is appointed unto men wants to die but after this the judgment and as it is appointed unto men wants to die everybody say wants to die but after this the judgment Psalms 149 and 5 let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud 
upon their beds. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud. Everybody say, sing aloud. Upon their beds. Say, on their bed. I've asked the, uh, the crew, they're after service this morning, they're going to remove the bed that's to my right. It was a prop for our program that we did, but I asked them to leave it up for this morning. The psalmist said, let them sing aloud upon their beds. I want to preach for a little while this morning on the subject, get ready for bed. Somebody asked me, they said they were going to have, during preaching, if they got tired, they was going to go over there and lay down. I told them I left it there because I'm planning on preaching so long, I'm going to take a nap in the middle. <laughs> and I'm not really going to do that unless you don't help me preach, and then, then we might. Look at somebody, tell them, get ready for bed. Lord, I thank you, God, for your word. It's quick and powerful. God, I've asked you to meet us here. I've asked you to touch hearts. I've asked you, God, to anoint ears to hear what the Spirit would say. And God, I've asked you to let conviction move in this place. Lord, I'm asking you to confirm your word with signs following and do a mighty work in somebody's life today. Lord, I'm asking you to do it not by power, not by might, but by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise as you're being seated today. According to the Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary, Psalms 149 and 5, when it said to let them sing aloud upon their beds, that particular word bed in Psalms 149 and 5 is a reference to a place of mourning. It is an allusion, if you will, to a place of death. It is associated with that final place that people inhabit before they die. We call it their deathbed. Our lives are like books. We write part of the book every day. Our actions, our decisions, our dreams, and our hopes all combine to write the story of our life's book. For all of us, there will eventually be a final chapter. As the Bible has said, it is appointed unto man once to die. The contents of my book will be evaluated. And the Bible said, after this, the judgment. I will write the final chapter of my life's book at some point, and then God will judge the contents of my book. Death is a dreadful enemy that holds no one in regard. Death returns no prisoners. He gathers his army and in it are all the aches and pains and infirmities which has ever plagued mankind. Diseases and sicknesses and pains and plagues, cancers, emphysema, dementia, Alzheimer, kidney disease, heart disease, on and on and all the maladies of life and death. There are accidents of all kinds, every one of them bearing deadly weapons. The most dreadful and most formidable army that has ever been arrayed has claimed the life of everyone that God hath breathed into up until this point. Some die in a moment of accidents and others death claims by long siege. I talked to my mother one day, and the next day she died of a heart attack. I watched my sister-in-law die over months from disease. Death knocks with his bony hands on the doors of hospital rooms and sick rooms. All will eventually fall beneath the wheels of his chariot. Sooner or later, death is the victor in all his battles. 
His eye has no pity. In his heart there is no compassion. I've stood at the graves of stillborn babies. And I've stood at the graves of people that have lived to over a hundred years old. And in both cases, death is not moved by the tears of a broken-hearted family. It is appointed, Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. In the scriptures, King David lay on his deathbed and called Solomon his son, and he told Solomon in 1 Kings 2 and 2, I didn't give the scripture to him in the back, but he said, I go the way of all the earth. We don't like to talk about it. To be honest with you, because of these recent passings, I considered not preaching this message, but for a few weeks, God has had it on my heart for this service. And so I decided I needed to go ahead and preach what I felt today. We don't like to talk about it and we don't like to think about it. But the fact is that we too will eventually go the way of all the earth. For we all have an appointment that we cannot miss and we cannot avoid. The majority of people who die, I've read, do so in a bed of some type in an emergency room, a hospital room, a nursing home, a convalescent home, or maybe in their own bed in some type of a hospice situation. The majority of people who die, die in a bed. As a kid, I loved to play and be busy. I didn't like bedtime. I dreaded the words of my mother as the day gave way to night. And she would call my name and tell me to get ready for bed. I hated hearing her say, get ready for bed. The phrase, get ready for bed, meant that my time to play was drawing to an end. Get ready for bed meant my time of that day was running out. Get ready for bed meant finish up what I'm doing and prepare for my time to lay down. Get ready for bed was a warning that anything I had left undone or anything that was unfinished had to be completed. Anything messy needed to be cleaned up. Get ready for bed meant prepare myself. Get ready, change my clothes, clean myself up. Get prepared because I'm headed to bed. That coupled with the fact that most people die in a bed of some kind. When we do go, we will most likely be laying on a bed waiting for our next step. Some may lay there for days. Some for weeks or months or years. And some may go in just a moment of time, but this, my friends, is where we are all headed. We're all headed to bed. My question this morning is this. Are you ready for bed? You better get ready for bed. For it is appointed unto men once to die. I'm telling you, bedtime is coming for all of us at some point. My question is, what will you be thinking of when you're laying on that bed? What things will go through your mind? Will you look at your life? And I'm asking you right now to look at your life and think about it honestly. What will you think about when you're on that final bed? Reading back through the chapters of your life story. Going back through the years, what will your story be? What did my life add up to? Did I do anything that really mattered? What did I live for? Who will remember me? What will they say about me when I'm gone? Why was it important that I even lived? Did I live my life like God planned for me to live it? I'm getting ready for bed this morning.
when you lay on that bed and you have hours or days or weeks to think about it? Will you pass your time with regret and sadness or will you be joyful like the psalmist said? The Bible says that the saints, the godly, the holy will be joyful singing aloud upon their beds. The bed that brings mourning and sadness and regret to some people, to God's people who have gotten themselves ready for bed, there's joy and something hopeful to look forward to. So I ask you this morning, are you getting ready for bed yet? What have you done with your life? What are you doing right now with your life? Who are you living for right now? You better be getting ready for bed. Many years ago on a Wednesday night, I passed out some papers with one question on it. And the question was, what will you be remembered for when you die? This was 10 years ago or, so, or more maybe. What will you be remembered for when you die? I received some interesting responses. One person said, I will be remembered for my smile and my worship. Another said, I'll be missed for helping others. I stood for truth, for family, and I feared God. Other responses were, I stood for all the church teaches. I'll be missed, hopefully, for my example and my worship. Another said, people will remember me for teaching Sunday school. Another said, I stood for one God in Jesus' name. Someone else said, I'll be missed most for being faithful to church. Somebody said, people will remember me for being faithful and praying. One person said, I stood for the apostolic message. Someone else said, I'll be missed for my attendance to church. Somebody else said that I'll be missed as someone who loved to worship and to praise God. Someone else said, I stood for the truth. Someone else said, people will remember me for being full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody else said, people will remember me for raising my children. Somebody else said, I stood for the church and what my pastors taught me and raising my kids in church. Someone else said, I will be missed for making people laugh and feel good about themselves. Somebody else said, people will remember me for my passion for Jesus. And somebody else said, I stood for the word of God and character and faith. And somebody else said, I will be missed most for the life I lived and for the lives I touched. I would say those people are getting ready for bed. Amen. I would like to be able to say that all responses were positive. Some said simply, I don't know. But most disturbing to me were those who turned in their papers blank with nothing at all to write. They were either too lazy and difficult to respond or they could not think of anything significant that they were doing with their life. They had nothing to be remembered for. They stood for nothing and would be missed for nothing. Can I tell you today that only what you do for God really matters. When you die, the world will not be a better place because you made money. It won't be a better place because you partied and had a good time. What you're doing, what are you doing that really matters? You better be getting ready for bed today. If I could call your name, if I had time to call every name, I would do like my mama did years ago. Get ready for bed. Get ready for bed. You may not want to hear it from this preacher this morning. You may wish that I'd just shut it down, but I've come to tell somebody you better get ready for bed because we all have an appointment with death. Every life story, the good and the not so good, comes down to one thing. What did you do that really mattered? Are you getting ready for bed? What legacy are you leaving your children and grandchildren? Are you unfaithful, inconsistent, carnal, or worldly? 
Look at this verse I found in Ecclesiastes. I've used it over and over throughout the years. Ecclesiastes 8 and 10. And so I saw the wicked buried. Everybody say wicked. I saw the wicked buried. Well, what was so wicked about him? Let's read on. Who came, who had come and gone from the place of the holy. They came and went from the place of the holy. They were churchgoers. Everybody say they were churchgoers. They came back and forth from church on a regular basis. Let's go back to the verse. I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy. But notice this. And they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This also is vanity. This subject of the sentence, this person, the Bible said they were wicked. The word wicked meant a bad person, condemned, guilty, ungodly. The question is, what did they do that was so wicked? The only thing we know about their life was that they came back and forth to church, but they never did anything worth being remembered for. They sat on a pew, but they never touched anybody. They sat on a pew, but they never made a difference. Amen. You can stare at me all you want, but my question is this. Are you getting ready for bed? Are you getting ready for that judgment day? I don't want the Lord to look at my life and say, you went back and forth to church, but you never got ready for bed. They left no legacy. They left no impact. They simply came and went. Their lives were empty, built around, built around religious tradition with no passion and no power and no purpose and no vision. And God said that that is vanity. It's a waste of life to just show up but never make a difference. God, I got to get ready for bed today. Look at somebody and tell them you better get ready for bed. I want us to close our eyes and lift our hands and pray that the spirit of conviction, the Holy Ghost, would begin to turn somebody's heart and get somebody's attention today. Come on, can you help me pray? There's serious eternal business. There's an eternal transaction in somebody's life being made today. Somebody will either receive the word and line their life up with the Bible or somebody will reject it and go away and they won't be ready for bed when the time comes. But make no mistake about it, we're all heading to bed someday. We all have an appointment with death and I got to be ready. God, I got to be ready. Above everything else in my life, I've got to be ready. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, where there is no dream, where there is no purpose in life, the people perish. You have to have something to live for. Amen. You have to have something to believe in. You have to have something in life worth standing for. You need to do something with your life. You got to live for God. You got to serve God. You got to be faithful to God. You got to worship God. You have to have something in life to live for. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The ASV version says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. When you don't have a vision of what you're living for, you lose the ability to restrain your flesh and tell yourself no. When you don't have something to live for, what does it matter if you go get high or drunk or sleep around or miss church or be unfaithful? If you don't have something to live for, just cast off restraint and live any way you want. But when your life is focused on God, it leads you to live for God. Amen. You got to get ready for bed. What you do every day is preparation for that day that's coming for every one of us. Look at somebody, tell them, get ready for bed. When your life is not focused, you drop your convictions. People don't get worldly and carnal. 
because they don't love God. They get worldly and carnal because they lose vision. They don't retain the understanding that every day and every decision I make is a decision preparing myself for that final bed. And everything I'm, every decision I make today is as part of my book that's being written. When your life is unfocused and you lack vision, you'll cast off restraint. You'll do things you shouldn't do. You'll go places you shouldn't go. You'll watch things you shouldn't watch. You'll listen to things you shouldn't listen to. You'll wear things you shouldn't wear. You'll say things you shouldn't say because you don't understand that every day of your life is getting ready for that final bed. You gotta get ready for bed, folks. You're not just wandering through life. This is not just another Sunday. This is a day to get ready for bed. <laughs> Lift your hands and close your eyes. Oh, I need somebody interceding, helping me pray for somebody today. For somebody, this is the most important sermon you're ever going to hear in your life. For somebody, this is the most important message you're ever going to hear. God may be standing on the doorstep of your heart because he knows the future. You may never get to hear another preacher tell you, get ready. You may never get to hear another sermon saying, get ready. You don't know about tomorrow, but you know you have right now. You better get ready for bed. You better get ready for bed. You better get ready for the Lord. You better be ready to see him. You better get ready for bed. Time's running out. Oh, God, somebody help me pray right now. I feel the weight of eternity in this room right now. You got to get ready for bed. It's no time. It's no time to be dawdling. It's no time to be wasting. There's no time to be coasting. There's no time to just come and go from the place of the holy. I got to get ready for bed. I got to prepare myself. I go the way of all the earth. Oh, let's take a moment and pray. I got more preaching to do, but I think we need to pray right now. I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is knocking on somebody's heart right now. Somebody that's been in the back of their mind, they've had this gnawing feeling. God's been dealing with your mind. He's been speaking to you and telling you, you got to get ready. You got to get re You pushed it off with habits. You pushed it off with other things. You pushed it off by keeping yourself busy and getting it out of your mind. But God doesn't want to be in the back of your mind. He wants to be in the forefront of your mind. He wants you to get ready for bed. Come on, help me pray for a moment. God, speak to somebody in this room right now. Somebody, God, that's not ready for that final bed. Somebody that hasn't put the thought into preparing for the end of their day, for the end of their time. God, for somebody that's watching online or listening some way. God, that knows they're not where they need to be, that you're calling them. You're calling their name, saying, get ready for bed. Get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready for bed. Look at somebody, shout it out. Get ready for bed. I got to be ready. I got to be, I got to get my life. I, if there's anything messy in my life, I got to get it cleaned up because it's almost bedtime. Is there anything I need to, I need to get changed. I need to get ready for bed. Samson had a bad habit of falling asleep in the wrong places. In the process of Delilah tempting him on behalf of the Philistines, three times the Bible said that she had to awake him from sleep. Samson had a bad habit of falling asleep in the wrong places. He decided that he wanted a Philistine, but she was not in love with Samson. She was an agent of his enemy. Judges 16 and 19, and she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. 
And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. You better be careful when you fall asleep, folks. You better be careful when you get spiritually sleepy. You better not let yourself fall asleep in the arms of a Philistine. You better not not let yourself fall asleep in this world in sin and carnality. If you've been sleeping spiritually, you need to wake yourself up and get yourself ready to get in bed because you don't want to fall asleep in the world. You got to be careful when you fall asleep. You got to get ready for bed. Look at somebody and tell them, please get ready for bed. One final verse to look at, Matthew 24 and 46. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. The servant who is blessed is the one that when his Lord comes back, he finds him doing something for him. One of these days, I'll probably visit your bed. For you younger folks, it may not be me, it may be someone else, but someday, a man of God will probably stand by your final bed. I'll stand by it, and perhaps we'll talk. My question is, what will we have to talk about? One day I'll stand here and you'll be laying there. And right now you are writing the words that I'm going to be able to say on that day. Will I have to ignore your life so I can offer some form of comfort to the family? Will I have to ignore your faithfulness so I can somehow say something? Or will I be able to stand here and say they got themselves ready? They were ready for bed. They lived their life preparing for right now. What will your legacy be? You better be getting ready for bed. Your eyes are closed all over this place. You all know I don't like to preach this way very often. But I can't help but feel like God sent me to this pulpit to tell somebody, get ready. Get your life in order. Make the right decisions. It's not too late to leave a legacy. It's not too late to serve God. It's not too late. You got to get ready for bed. Everything I do, everything I do, I'm writing my life story. I'm writing my book. For it is appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. I got to get ready for bed. The Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you, for they watch for your soul. As they that must give account. Bishop Wilson, someday me and you will be standing by each other before the throne of God. And these sweet people that we love will be passing before. And we're going to have to give an account. We're going to have to say, yes, they were faithful or no, they were not. Yes, they lived holy. 
or no, they never got it together. Yes, they were worshipers and they were servants of you, God. No, they never did. Yes, they contributed and gave to your kingdom. No, they never gave consistently. One of these days, Brother Wilson, they may leave and go to another church. But I believe that when we stand before God, every pastor that you've ever had will be standing there. You may leave this church and go to another where maybe they don't preach it like we preach it. Or maybe you can do something that, you, that we preach against here. You may get upset at somebody, but rest assured that we're going to be standing before God. And God's going to say, give me an account for that person. And the Bible said, obey them so they can do it with joy and not with grief. Brother Wilson, when I put my hand on your shoulder just a minute ago, I felt your shoulders heave and you started to weep. You didn't do that for the ones that you can stand before God and say, Lord, they served you and they were faithful. They did everything we preached and they worshiped you. But I felt that rocking in your shoulder for those people that are in these pews that we love, that we know that they're not ready for bed yet. your eyes are closed all over this place the spirit of the Lord is reaching for somebody here the spirit of the Lord is reaching for people in this place I'm getting ready for bed everything I do I'm doing it trying to think God am I going to be is, is it going to keep me from being ready God, if I do this, will it keep me from being ready? God, if I do this, will it be a hindrance for me being ready for my final bed? Oh, Jesus. Come on, does anybody feel what I'm feeling here? I'm feeling the hand of God reaching for somebody. I'm feeling the mercy and compassion of the Lord. Are you ready? Are you ready for bed? As your eyes are closed, I'm asking you the question, are you ready for bed? Is there anything potentially in your heart you fear might keep you from being ready. You ought to step out. You ought to stand up and step out and you ought to come to the altar. And you ought to not care what anybody thinks. You shouldn't worry about anybody. You just got, I got to be ready. I got to be ready for bed. If there's anything you've got to repent of, you ought to bring it to the altar and lay it down and say, God, forgive me. ready for bed your day's almost over get cleaned up put your stuff away clean up your mess get ready for bed anything you need to repent of it's very simple it's just talking to God God I need you to forgive me God I need you to wash me and help me but if I go to the altar they're going to think I've done something when you're getting ready for bed you're not going to care what anybody thinks. You're only going to care if you are right with your maker.
I got to be right. I got to be ready. Lord, help me to purge my heart and spirit. This isn't a message of judgment. This is a message of mercy. to be baptized this morning. We've got clothes, we've got towels, we've got everything you need. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you ought to throw your hands to heaven and say, baptize me, Jesus. I gotta be ready for bed. Baptize me with your spirit, God. Renew me with the Holy Ghost. Come on, you can be renewed right now. It's as simple as raising your hand and saying, baptize me with the fresh anointing, God. I got to be ready. Oh, I'm getting myself ready. The Bible said he's coming for a bride who has made herself ready. coming for a bride that's made herself ready. He's not coming for those that didn't pay attention, that didn't get ready, but for, but for those of us. God, help me, Lord. Help me to get myself right. with somebody close to you. I can't help but feel like we need, we still need, somebody still needs a breakthrough. Somebody still needs a breakthrough. I gotta be right, God. I gotta be ready. Help me, Lord. Help me to walk uprightly before you with clean hands and a pure heart.
on, God's moving on people all over the room. Can you reach after him while he's here? While he yet may be found, can you reach after him and let him move on you? Let him speak to you. Let him tell you what you need to change, what you need to give up, what you might need to add to your life. Come on, let him tell you right now. God, whatever it takes, save us. Save us. Don't take this message lightly. Give everything to God right now. Surrender everything to God right now. Let Him take control. Let Him fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Let Him break every chain right now. Let Him break that addiction. Come on, lay it down at the altar right now. That bitterness is not worth going to hell over. Lay it down at the altar. That sin, that addiction, that pleasure is not worth going to hell over. Lay it down at the altar. I must Those friends, that relationship, that job ain't worth going to hell over. Lay it down at the altar. It's time to get ready for bed. everything, everything. God, I'm not holding on to anything. Every grudge, I surrender it. Every bit of bitterness, I surrender it. Every addiction, every sin, every wrong attitude, every wrong mindset, God, I surrender it. Matter of fact, God, I surrender my life to you. Take me, I'm yours. Take me, I'm yours. Do what you want to do to me. Do what you want to do in me. Do what you want to do through me. God, do what you want to do for me. But God, whatever it takes, I've got to be saved. I've got to be saved. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm yours. Lord, I'm yours. Take control over my life. I'm yours. Would you tell him that right now? Would you tell him, Lord, I'm yours. Take control. Take control. I'm yours. I'm in your hands. I'm in your hands. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we offer the Lord some praise right now for speaking to us. Come on, let's, let's shift the atmosphere right now and give Him praise that He wouldn't leave us in the state we're at. Come on, give Him praise. Give Him praise for conviction. I'm thankful for conviction. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for leadership that will preach like this to us. I'm thankful. Come on, why don't you thank the Lord for speaking to you this merciful, gracious, loving message. Come on, come on, come on. God, we love you, Jesus. We worship you. Come on, lift it up a little bit louder right now. We worship you, God. We praise you, God. We thank you. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to get ready for bed. Amen. Amen. Meet and greet right now for all of our guests. All of our new members, we'd love to come and meet you if you haven't met the staff. If this is your first time, come see us in the, in the discipleship room. 
directly through the prayer room to the right, last door on the right. You can be dismissed. Remember the funeral this afternoon at 3, visitation at 1, and then service again at 6.30 tonight. You are dismissed.